Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, compassionate caregivers. I am Katie Anderson, and together with Martha Tyler, we are the hosts of the Compassionate Caregiver Podcast. We believe the most profound impact we can have on the lives of children is by supporting, educating, and caring for the people who care for these children. And that is you. Today, Martha is not with us because this is a short baby episode with just me. Let's get started. Hello. This episode is titled, Waiting with Expectation. And it is probably inspired by the fact that I am currently 38 weeks pregnant and waiting with expectation for a new adventure to begin. This got me thinking, what are we waiting for? As caregivers, oftentimes we're waiting for children to respond to a request or learn a new skill or take a new developmental milestone and begin to process it and grow with it and conquer it. And that's hard. Teaching children to overcome adversity, waiting as your child struggles and grapples with a problem, and allowing a child to engage in the productive struggle that is necessary for learning. These are things that we as educators, as parents, as caregivers, as grandparents, or aunts and uncles, or nannies, or anybody in the lives of children must grapple with each day. So how do we wait with expectation? First, I always recommend begin by teaching the skill. You cannot make this too obvious to the child. If the child is learning something new or is struggling with a new concept, begin by teaching the skill and offering support, and then slowly remove the supports. So one day you might start by walking them through the entire process of learning to tie their shoe. You might do this for several weeks, for even a whole month. And then slowly, you want to start removing that support. So you want to give them a direction to Can you go get your shoes started and see how long it takes them before they ask you for help? This is a technique that we use a lot in early childhood education. Depending on where you start in the process, we either call it forward chaining or backward chaining. If you are forward chaining, you're teaching a a child one step at a time, starting from the beginning of a task. And if you are backward chaining, you're teaching a child one step at a time, starting from the end of a task. So if you're learning to tie your shoes, the first step in forward chaining is to go get your shoes. The last step would would be to finish tying the bow. So as you're working on this, keep this in mind about different ways to break down the task. And then slowly, you give them more pieces of the puzzle until they've completed the whole process. If you want some more examples of this or how to do this, please write in at hello at compassionatechildcare.com. We would be so happy to give you more formal examples built specifically for you and the child in your life that you are trying to help through a task. 
Now, once you have modeled for these children or given them some ideas, sometimes it helps to say, this is how I would do it. But if you find a different way that works for you, that's great too. And then let them try. It's really, 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 really hard not to swoop in and save a child, especially sometimes a child with a lot of grit. I once had a student who she would sit and try to put her shoes on for 20 minutes and you'd ask her, do you need help? And she'd say, no. And we would just painfully watch and wait for her to find out how to do it herself. That is actually very valuable for the child, even if it is like nails on a chalkboard to you as an educator or a parent or a caregiver, is really hard to let a child grapple with something that you can fix quickly yourself. Likewise, waiting with expectation also means that when your children begin to have a conflict, first you teach them the conflict resolution steps, and then you coach them how to do it in the process, and then you slowly remove those supports again. So you would say, you know, last time you worked out this problem, what did we do last time? I wonder if you remember. Or I see that you two both want to play with the same toy. I wonder what you could do about that. And then you stop talking and you wait for the child or the children to help solve the problem. A lot of times, simply stating the problem that you see as the adult can help the child to come up with an idea to solve their own problem. And isn't that what we want? That the children in our lives will become problem solvers for themselves? We're trying to build children who are thinkers, who are curious, who are kind, who are educated. So how do we do that if we think for them? Instead, you could say something like, I see you're getting started on your homework. What tools do you need to get this task started? Or it seems like you have a bloody nose. What do you need? Or I saw the milk spill. What do we use to clean that up? And then let the child solve the problem. This is a twofold bonus because not only does it encourage the child to be a part of the problem solving process, it also makes them feel really good about themselves. And it internalizes that you as the adult trust the child. This is a very valuable, powerful thing to give a child. And it is so worth it, even in the beginning when you're struggling, to do it as the compassionate caregiver that you are. Wait with expectation. Give the child a chance to solve their own problems. Give the child a chance to come up with ideas. Also, they find with really little babies that parents who lack pauses in their speech for children have children who are less and less responsive or, perhaps worse yet, more intensely responsive because they didn't feel like their needs were met or that people are listening. Leave a space for the children in your life, whether that is metaphorically, whether that is physically, in your physical space where the child has a room, or whether that is conversationally, so that you can make sure your child knows they are valued, they have time and space to be heard, and time and space to think to solve their own problems. This is actually going to reduce conflict in your life significantly between you and the child because the child will feel less controlled, the child will feel more empowered, and that feels so good. When we feel capable and competent and powerful, think of your life when you're feeling that way, when you're solving problems. It feels amazing. 
Let's give that gift to our children. We're so glad you were here with us. Thanks for listening to this episode, Waiting with Expectation. Just a quick note too, if at some point it seems like we go away for several weeks, that's because I surprise had my baby. Uh, If you hear, well, we're going to launch a series of episodes that were re-releases, and then you'll be able to hear those for the four weeks that I am recovering and connecting with my little baby and my husband. So if you hear those, you can give a silent cheer of excitement for us. And uh, we love you and we will get back to you very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening. The Compassionate Caregiver Podcast is produced and hosted by Katie Anderson and Martha Tyler. If you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, please consider becoming a Patreon member. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Compassionate Caregiver Pod and on Twitter at C Childcare LLC. To contact us, email hello at compassionatechildcare.com. As always, thanks for listening.